Welcome to the FDN Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show. We ask people to look at their physical surroundings, right? The, the 3D world, the environment, you know, what's actually going on in your body and your life. And if it's not lined up with where you want to be, if it's not lined up with what you say your goal is, then I are my belief is there's some mismatch there with your what your belief system is and what your goals are. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the FDN Thrive podcast. My name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Now, we are going to be interviewing a big-time podcaster herself. Go check her out. She's on the Four Phase Cycle podcast, and her name is Megan Blacksmith. Megan's a certified holistic health coach, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, and also a graduate of Chris Cresser's ADAPT practitioner training and is currently training to become an NLP practitioner. Her own postpartum health crash, what she calls falling off the hormone cliff, came after her first child 10 years ago, and all of her regular lab work said that she was perfect, even though she felt miserable. After finding functional medicine, holistic nutrition, and the power of the mind-body connection, she was able to see that there really was an imbalance, and more importantly, there was something she could do about it. In the zesty ginger duo of Megan and Dr. Alex, Megan focuses on the power of thoughts, beliefs, energy, and frequency in a health journey. Megan is one of the founders of the Healthy Hormones Group Program, Flight or Flight Fix, and Zestier, as well as the co-host of the Four Phase Cycle Podcast. So if you like the conversations we have here, please go show them some love at the Four Phase Cycle Podcast. Make sure to subscribe. Um, Definitely awesome stuff being put out over there, and I was so glad I got introduced to this after Megan came on because I'm learning a lot. So I don't want to spoil anything. You guys know I like you to just hear the stories from the practitioners themselves, and this is a good one. And it's so cool to see someone that has such a background in the science and understands the technical stuff also recognize the benefits of the mindset and energy aspects. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. Hey there, Megan. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm looking forward to the interview. I love meeting new FDNs. I know that we haven't really... Certainly, if we've crossed paths, both of us haven't recognized it. So I think it's always fun because FDNs are just... I don't know. It's a unique bunch. Everyone's got an incredible story. And what's even more interesting is I learn something every time I do one of these podcasts. So it's kind of a fun gig to just get to learn and talk to amazing people while um, you know doing an actual job. So we'll start with the same question that we always do for this podcast. I want to know a little bit about your health journey just to kind of get some of the details because no one ends up in this space without having a very close like personal family type of thing with health issues. Or usually, as you know, we've dealt with health issues ourselves. So whichever applies to you, when did those health issues start? And tell us a little bit about what was actually going on. Absolutely, Evan. I'd say yes and both. So my own health issues and then also uh, led into my daughter's. So I had, after I had my first child, who's now over 10 years old, I had what I like to call, I fell off the hormone cliff, Evan. (laughs) And I know this is not an official FDN term. Although for me, I, up until this point in my life, I had never had any real health concerns. So I didn't really have experience with going into a doctor and saying, I have this, what do I do? I just had been in very good health. So for me to have a baby, my first baby, and not really know what to expect, I knew there were going to be some changes in my body and how I felt. 
And I was in a really rough place kind of further along. I got postpartum. So more like the nine month, the year, definitely 18 months. So at this point, I was starting to have extreme uh, panic, anxiety attacks, and such extreme fatigue that I was in a corporate job at the time. And I remember just thinking, what could I do to get a leave of absence from work that's not super painful, like break an arm or like I just was so exhausted and tired every morning. The idea of getting up and going to a job, the idea of brushing my teeth before bed uh, was pretty miserable. And every doctor I went to at the time, again, I just, there was nothing coming up on my conventional blood work. There was, they would say, I don't know, like you're not overweight, your thyroid's good, like you look fine. Um, You know, you're way, I was way farther postpartum than the, you know, postpartum uh, symptoms that they're looking for early on. So just kind of, you know, got sent away and felt really confused because I knew my body was saying this is not right. And then I would start to try to rationalize and say, well, maybe this is just how it is after having a baby. And maybe this is just what it's like. And, you know, I'm not always sleeping all that well and started to just rationalize this. And at the same time, just knew that this couldn't be right. So luckily I kept diving and kept digging and did end up finding an amazing, um, holistic clinical nutrition nutritionist who used functional lab work. And I got to finally look at my hormone levels. I got to look at my gut health and on those, on those fabulous pieces of paper, I was finally seeing my symptoms line up with what was on the labs. And I was able to see what was going on, what was imbalanced, and felt like there was something I could do. And that being the biggest piece of actually feeling like there was something I could do. And this is what opened up to me the whole world of health. And I had I had not ever really considered all that much about how my food impacted my body and my mood and my mind. So this was just opened it all up for me. And I also got to experience where my daughter, uh, you know, my baby really at the time also started to have, um, full body eczema and, uh, this really distended round belly. She had this huge round belly and really skinny arms and legs and just looked kind of like a malnourished child, which she was not (laughs) and got to run all the same lab work on her. And lo and behold, everything matched up with mine. We got to see the same neurotransmitter levels. We got to see the same gut dysbiosis. And um, luckily for her and for me, this was the turning point of really finding a path, uh, which then led to FDN because I said, I can't believe this is even a job. The woman I was working with, it just was, it lit me up to learn these things and to dig into it. So I, I needed to know more. That's amazing. And I love what you, <laughs> I wasn't going to make this the main question, but I love what you said about it. I can't believe this is even a job, right? <laughs> because there's some people that look at me like I'm crazy because you just get so hyped up about it. But when you have an experience like the one that you've had, it's hard not to look at it like, hey, this isn't really a job. This is just a wonderful thing to be doing. I do want to rewind for just a second, though, because I'm always so curious about this so that we can hopefully spread it and get this to happen on a worldwide level one day. You know, you talked about in your health journey, you're get, it's classic, right? You have symptoms going on, you know something's wrong, and you get the lab work back, and lo and behold, it's normal. And that encourages you to go other places. But what I'm curious about is what 
is the initial thing that allows Megan to go from that paradigm and actually trust herself enough to say, hey, no, I'm going to seek out other options. Because as I'm sure you know, maybe you've even seen this. I've unfortunately seen it in my own family and my own life with people that I care about. They see that paperwork and they kind of accept that as fate. Now, I'm not blaming them. It's not their fault that the system kind of failed them. But it takes a certain type of personality and individual to be like, no, I'm not going to accept that. So what was it? Did you have some kind of background in natural health? Did you have someone in your family that was like it? Like, how do you go from, oh, no, you're totally normal. We're telling you you're fine to going and working with some type of alternative practitioner. That's a great question. I've never really thought in detail about this, although I think having the fact that I had never really had health problems as a child, I don't know that I really had the programming, right, that we learn as a young child of like, you're sick, so you go in and you get a medication or right, like there wasn't, I wasn't set up with that paradigm just because I mean, just out of luck, I guess, right? It just wasn't happening. So I had a family that was, we, I grew up in New Hampshire, overall very like generally healthy. They weren't like, hey, let's eat a gluten-free dinner. <laughs> wasn't a popular thing back then, but in generally really out in, in the land, like in nature, a lot of time alone. And I've always really liked data. So my corporate job, I was in engineering. And so I think the fact that the data that I was seeing on my lab work, I'm like, that doesn't line up. So this can't be the only data. So I felt like there needed to be another place to look because when the data doesn't line up with what you're looking, it's time to look a little bit deeper. So I think the combination of, I've always been very interested in why people do what they do. That's always been a fascination, kind of the, the, the psychology behind things, the thinking of things. And my thinking just got really skewed as my health got skewed. And I could tell, I'm like, these thoughts, these are not my thoughts. <laughs> this is not my state. This is not how I normally am. And I think I just wanted to keep digging to find what was underneath that. And that's a great answer for me because I am constantly trying to encourage people, you know, we got people listening that are probably on the fence in their health journey. They're doing a lot of research. They're trying a lot of things. And maybe they haven't taken a full leap yet into working with someone like you or the FDN Thrive program. And I'm always thinking like, what is it, you know? And I love what you just said. You had a confidence in yourself. So many people, and again, through no fault of their own, get shut down because, hey, oh, you feel bad? Well, look. Your lab works normal. And you're saying, uh, you know what? No, I, I know my body. This isn't right. This doesn't make sense. So just because your labs say that doesn't mean that there's not more data out there. And again, it might be a simple thing to someone like you or even myself. But for so many out there, I just want you guys to hear that and be encouraged by it. Trust your gut. That is like one of the number one things I hear from people in this space. They knew something was off. They weren't going to take no for an answer and they kept searching. I know that's tough. I'm not saying I actually want anyone to have to do that. I wish we could go one stop shop and just, okay, great. We got the help that we needed and deserved right on round one. That's not always the case. And so I think we can learn a lot from that type of answer. Again, I know it seems simple, but I thank you for that. So going back to the storyline and where we were at, you know, you find this person and you finally find some data that does match up to your symptoms. What are some of those things that were coming up. And this is, you know, our audience is a little more advanced, certainly than the average person in this space, right? They, they know some stuff, they've been researching. So what were some of those findings on these labs that actually did validate your experiences that you were having? 
Absolutely. I had a gluten intolerance, which was totally under the radar for me. That just wasn't a topic that had come up at the time. So I, at the time, sitting in my corporate office, I would actually take naps, Evan, underneath underneath my cubicle desk at lunchtime. Um, are you serious? <laughs> totally serious. Oh my and gosh. Somehow everyone around me was okay with this. And <laughs> I would eat lunch and then I would just get so tired, so tired that I would take little naps under there, little 20 minute cat naps. And again, I was kind of like, I don't think this is normal. Although <laughs> my dad does take cat naps. And what's hilarious about this many years later is that I, at one point, um, was talking to my dad about potentially testing out, you know, removing wheat and gluten from his life. And he said kind of just intuitively, cause he's not in the health space at all, but he said, I don't think I want to do that because I have a really good nap after I eat a sandwich. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so I know all the practitioners out there are cringing. And um, so for me, that was a huge finding because my energy levels and just how I felt on a daily basis was greatly impacted by that. And I thought this would be a huge, horrific change. Like this would be so hard. And now, you know, it. this is just everyday life and so simple. Luckily, there's so many choices at this point. So that has become a very simple shift for me to feel so good. I will just, I just will never touch it again. I don't have any interest because I want that energy. I have that drive more than I want that thing. So that was a big finding for me. Um, And then really just overall, um, uh, like to see on paper, just like extremely low cortisol levels. Uh, my hormone levels were pretty tanked and, you know, I was still breastfeeding. So some things made sense there. It was just to see it on paper. I know sometimes with the women we work with now, there's very few that will see, you know, this, these things on paper and they'll say, Oh no, like there's things wrong with me. The majority of the people we work with are like, thank you. I am so happy to see that something lines up because that means it's not what I've been told essentially, like it's all in your head, go take an antidepressant. There's nothing you can do. It feels that now there's a choice and there's a way to kind of take your health back and empowering. We work with women, but everyone to really keep digging if they don't feel right. And still something else is just seems off. Um, And then the third piece, Evan, uh, for me was the gut health piece. Um, I had bacterial overgrowth, same thing that my daughter ended up having, which, um, you know, completely resolved itself and went away for both of us and her skin completely cleared up when we took care of that. And as it turns out, you know, gluten wasn't really her friend either. So I get to pass all those lovely things on to her <laughs> and at the same time made it really simple because, um, you know, we just do the same thing now. And I have a five-year-old who just, I don't, we don't even know with her cause we just kind of, she's on our plan. And, um, that is one really amazing thing that I've seen Evan is I have two children, um, that are five years apart, two girls, And one of them I had, you know, before I found FDN and before I found functional lab work and holistic nutrition. And the other was, you know, a few years into the process of just really upgrading our lifestyle and um, balancing things and finding what was there. And I had a night and day difference between uh, the pregnancy and how smooth it went with the second, it was so smooth with the second one. Um, 
And then the actual birth, I ended up having a home birth with a second one, this beautiful birth, which was not this was not absolutely not the case with the first one. And then the postpartum period went completely smoothly. I didn't have any of the anxiety, depression, um, you know, fatigue, of course, not always sleeping with a little one, but a, a very different level. And then her health, she's just never the second, my second daughter has never had anything specific come up with her health. She's very resilient. And I think that was helpful in that sometimes we say, well, this is just maybe how I am or how my kids are. But I got to see a very clear one before and after a child when I've done some balancing and a child when I've not. So I always really, really encourage women specifically who are hoping to have children someday or in the next few years to take the time to look into this for themselves and just really optimize their, their health for their own sanity um, going into that kind of huge change of pregnancy and having a child. You nailed it because I think this is thankfully almost becoming par for the course in today's world where so many functional practitioners, especially like mainstream ones, which is beautiful, are like promoting to young women. I see, I'm 25 and I see so many of my friends from high school even they might not even be into functional health, but they're understanding these problems with like infertility and pregnancy issues. And they're all becoming super aware of this. And I want to create the society, right, where we actually like test the women and test the men beforehand, make sure they're good to go. And I just think that would be such an incredible thing that would save people actually a ton of money in the long run, heartache, so many things, right? And it's cool to see that that is the shift that it's taking. Women are absolutely undeniably more aware of this stuff and I think willing to do it. I'm not really sure why that is, but I mean, you know how the space is. It's clearly that that's the case. Another thing that you hit on that I, I want to go back to because it is just, you just described perfectly the types of people that work with um, individuals like yourself or the FTN Thrive program, you know, the people that are coming to you and they get these lab results back, they, they're like, thank you, right? That's how I felt. I'm sure that's how you felt. And <clears throat> excuse me, I had a conversation with my acupuncturist one day and we always are like respectfully challenging each other and trying to develop perspectives together. And he said to me, he's like, Ev, you know, I've been doing this for a while. He's like, do you think the lab tests actually hurt some people? Because I mean, you're showing them these scary things that before that they might not even realize they had. And I think he's actually absolutely right for a fraction of the population. But I just said to him, my friend, I am so thankful you have not been through what some of these people have been through, if that's what you think that this is uh, going to do to them, right? Because that's not the case at all for the people that end up with uh, either FDN Thrive or people like you. That's not the case. What's happening is thank you so much for finally validating the things that I've been experiencing. You know what I mean? I love that you brought that up. This is something we focus on a lot. And, and the pre-framing is really important for people going into looking at this and uh, recognizing that when you're looking at functional lab work, we're looking at subclinical levels, right? We're not looking for end organ failure. We're not looking for what you see in your conventional lab, right? Once those are out of range, that isn't really great space to be in. So this is a different level of taking control of your health. And we really emphasize, let's look at it just to get, you know, it's like a GPS. If you don't know where you are, you literally can't 
program where you want to go. So we have to start somewhere, get a really clear look at where we are. And then we ask the women we work with to now, like, let's drop that as the problem. Like, that's not the focus anymore. Now it's where do we want to go? And then what steps is it is it going to take to get to where we want to go? So the struggle will be when someone is looking for what's wrong with them and they want to attach to that um, and have that become their story. And then it's a great learning opportunity. Let's not have that become the story. Let's have that be the starting point. And, um, you know, there's so many tools in FDN and so many tools that people can use with their clients that as long as it's kind of broken down and here's where we're going to go, I think the overwhelm piece is very low. Yeah. And that's wonderfully said because you, you kind of nailed it too. It's subclinical, right? We're not out here uh, giving out diagnoses. It's like, no, here's something to work on. This isn't like your fate or whatever. It's like, all right, we just got to address that. You might have to do something a little different. And it's empowering, if anything, because you get those action steps. Well, it's empowering if you're working with someone who knows what they're doing, right? <laughs> then it's empowering. The other thing that you had talked about, and this is not the first time it's come up on the podcast, but I love to hear it from different women and what their theories are about this. You know, I'm sure obviously there there's the basic parts of, hey, my body was just under stress and that's why this pregnancy hit me so hard. But I am curious. I mean, for those out there, one of the things I hear often um, from people that maybe aren't in the health space is they're saying like, why would something so natural and so essential, right, giving birth how is it that this led to depression or this led to severe health issues or something? I'm, I'm sure you might see this a lot. Hashimoto's diagnoses. I, I hear that all the time. So is this just, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, actually. I'd love to hear your answer. What do you think is really the core there? Is pregnancy just a stress on the body and it's supposed to be a good stress, but it's just too much with all the other things going on? Like, Why are so many women having so much trouble with one of the most natural things that you could possibly do as a female human being? Yeah, I love that you say the most natural things we can do as a human being. And we're living in a very unnatural world <laughs> compared to um, kind of genetically, like how it used to be. So I think that in that ideal setting and in a place where we are more connected to our community and to nature and to food that comes right out of the ground that's not processed and just in this place of having this amazing reserve, then I think having a baby probably was probably more like my second child, right? Like kind of, yeah, there's going to be, there's going to, it is a blip in the radar. Of course, there is some things that take a minute to rebalance and you, there is a lot of nourishing and support and with that knowing and with those tools, it comes back pretty easily. Whereas for me, the first, my first child, it was really just the straw that broke the camel's back. Evan, it was when looking back, it's very clear now. It's just at the time, it seems like I said, it seemed like I had great health. And at the same time, I didn't really know what great health was. Like I said, I was napping on my desk. So, <laughs> um, Many, many years, you know, I've had my first child in my, you know, late 20s. So there were enough years of, um, we'll call it abuse, not on purpose, but right, there's like drinking and partying and not sleeping. And I even um, about six months before I got pregnant with my first child, I ran my first marathon. And, you know, that sounds great, right? Moving your body. And at the same time, 
if I had been listening to the cues, like knowing what I know now, I would have never ran that marathon because my body bodily cues were, this is way too much. I would do, uh, uh, one of my, when I was on a run day where we were doing sprints or speed workouts, I would then have headaches for the, the rest of the day. I would need to take a nap. I actually got shingles. Um, I got shingles while training for the marathon. And when, when I went in to see the doctor, you know, I'm like 27, right? There's usually this is something that older people get. And I was like, why the heck do I have shingles? I I lived in Hawaii. I supposedly had like no stressors in my life. And um, when we got talking about the running, she said, I've I've actually seen this very often. It's just, it's just a stressor on the body, right? It just depends on kind of your overall load. Like how full is your bucket? And for me, that tipped me over. So I believe there were enough things building up over time that we have such a strong reserve. I was just teetering on the like symptom land, right? Like back into having enough reserve and having a child when you have not totally repleted all, all those nutrient stores and kind of all the, you know, the damage that had been done with, of course, you know, I didn't know any better. So there's nothing really to do about it. And I don't beat myself up about it. And just going forward, I, I realized that there I was at a tipping point. So I think for me, that's what happened with having a child. I know there's just so many complex things in um, getting pregnant and how much your hormones do change that if if things are not at a stable point, I just think it really easily tips us over into that space. But I also just want to say not to put fear in anybody. It's just like, you know, it didn't take me that much longer, just like two years later of optimizing um, from a pretty low place. And then I had that other baby and and it went beautifully smooth. So um, not, I just want everyone to hear that there is hope and this is not like this huge, crazy long process because, because you might be thinking, oh yeah, I, I did this to my body too for 15 years, but um, it just takes a little concentrated effort. It's my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate the explanation and especially that last part at the end and giving people hope because it is important to know. And you know what? Two years can sound like a long time, but that's something that we just got to understand when we've been unintentionally abusing our body or maybe even intentionally, we just didn't care (laughs) Uh, for a while. These things can happen, but the good news for us is the body has always wanted to be healthy. It is always doing the things that it needs to do to try to keep us in homeostasis. And when you know it can no longer maintain that, that's when we feel these disease states or, or symptoms. So you actually are almost always going to bounce back a lot quicker than you've been sick. I mean, I dealt with mental health issues for over a decade. I was able to eliminate those in about a year, right? So it was thankfully very disproportional compared to that. And as you know, the probably coolest part about all of this is, let's say I got 100% better in a year, roughly speaking, right? The first 50% comes in like two months. (laughs) You know, like you get these huge bursts in the beginning by just getting those stressors out. So I think that's wonderful and encouraging for people out there. I will continue to ask that question, even though we keep getting a similar answer, because I want women out there to understand and not be stressed out. I feel like so many I talk to feel like they did something wrong and they messed up. It's like, no, this is a problem with our modern world. We're all messing up unintentionally, like you said, and then there is a path that we can take to get this better by talking to people like you. Now, the one thing I wanted to go uh, back to kind of getting on our timeline is getting into FDN because you know you had talked about you can't believe this is a job. Uh, I totally agree with that. And so how did this lead though from you 
working with this type of practitioner to actually going through the FDN course? And like, when did you even find out about it? Or how did you find out about it? Excuse me. Absolutely. So I actually found out about it from that practitioner. I said, I want your job <laughs> and um, <laughs> I want to sit. I love just digging into, because not only was she doing functional lab work, she was also really helping me with um, my beliefs and just an overall stress management. And I just said, I want to sit for an hour with people and do this. This sounds amazing. And so she was the one who, um, it was, I lived in San Diego at the time. So, you know, Reed Davis wasn't too far away and, um, she suggested the FDN program. So I jumped right in and I went to, um, became a health coach and an FDN at the same time. And, uh, within, Probably a year, I had just decided to fully uh, let go of my corporate job and move into this passion space of mine. Since uh, my husband's in the military, so we were moving every three years. And I said, well, this is something that I can essentially do with an online format, which was really powerful. So my business has been able to move with me no matter where I go. And um, that's, you know, can't do that with every, every job. So from there, I just really love working, getting like my hands on and just talking to people because you start to see the same patterns and the same beliefs and um, can help everybody under, understand, like you just said, Evan, that uh, they're not alone in the struggle and didn't do something wrong. So it's a good way to just recognize I am where I am and now we can see what we can do. It's so cool how many people have, um, especially the ladies I found, have this STEM background. My girlfriend ended up going through the FDN course and by the time this is released, she'll probably be graduated. She's about to graduate though. And she was finishing up her uh, college degree in engineering, um, environmental engineering specifically. And when we're working together, like doing some of this stuff, she's like, this is awesome. And she said the exact same thing you uh, did. She's like, I just love data. Like I love finding out about these things and um, doing that. So that's very cool. I think it attracts a certain type of personality, definitely left brain stuff. But what's also amazing about FDN is I found that we all go through our own process of growth where we incorporate more of the maybe not so much left brain stuff. And that transitions like perfectly into what I wanted to talk to you about next, because when I'm reading your bio and when we were going over that, you know, about 30 minutes ago now at this point, you know, there is a huge emphasis, it seems, on the mind-body connection for you. And you actually just touched on it with that practitioner about belief systems. I'd love to dive into this more. I mean, you can start with that in any way you'd like. What does this mean with the mind-body connection? Because for some people, they might be like, okay, like, you know, I know I need to get a better mindset if I want to eat better, but we're talking about real chronic disease here and real symptoms. So how does that play a role in our disease state? Like, or how does mindset play a role in our disease state? Absolutely. This is my favorite topic, Evan. So I have a business partner who's um, an MD and she personally has been through all sorts of chronic pain and endometriosis that was undiagnosed for many years, which actually led her to going to medical school to find a way to um, treat women differently and better. So from this process, uh, her pain then turned into central nervous system pain. So like the physical cause of the pain is gone and yet her whole body is still in pain. And, um, through a lot of different things that we helped her work her through and my own health of I had a mold exposure in my home and through these two experiences we both found that you know we of course go on the protocol right we do the testing we find the things and then there is this state of 
now it's time to release and let go. So we've seen many people will, um, it's kind of like always looking for the perfect next thing or always looking for what there might be missing. And then this constant searching is essentially telling our brains like we are just not safe. We just have not found it. Um, something is wrong. It's kind of like constantly telling you, you need to keep looking for something else wrong in the environment. And when both of us really started challenging like the fears and the thoughts and the beliefs that were under these, um, we were, uh, she is able to um, completely come off of all pain medication. She was on like seven different pain medications and alternating ibuprofen and Tylenol and this crazy just protocol to, to just be upright every day, to not be in pain. And after we'd done, had done the basic, you know, really uh, sh- supporting the body from a hormone standpoint and gut health and everything that's involved in FDN, we really started to uh, start to question all the beliefs that were under pain. Like it is not safe for me to have ult- optimal health. There can be what we call, you know, a secondary gain to staying um, in an unhealthy space. So maybe you've discovered that you get more help. Like for me with small children, I got a lot more help when I was sick. I got a lot more help when things weren't good. And these can be unconscious programs that are running there that you're not really aware of. So it's not like you're choosing every day. I'm going to be sick today because I want help with the kids. (laughs) It's a little more uh, complex than that. And other beliefs around, um, you know, it's not safe to be seen. So some people, you know, uh, it's, it's not safe to be in a certain size body from whatever their history has been. And until we start to really pull out these beliefs, we'd see people follow patterns of, you know, starting to improve, really doing well, and then just either plateauing or just totally dropping back off for a while. And we started to notice that their progress only seemed to match their set of beliefs. And without looking into what are my beliefs, beliefs around? Do, am I worthy of healing and health? Am I worthy of feeling amazing every day? Um, do I actually feel guilty that I do feel good? Or, you know, there's just all these patterns um, coming from, you know, just things we picked up as little kids. There's no fault of our own. We're just forming our beliefs when we're looking at the world from zero to seven at the same time. Uh, sometimes that perspective is a little bit skewed because we don't totally understand what those adults in our life were doing. And also, not just that these beliefs shift our health, but uh, my partner, Dr. Alex, says, she said, you know, no thoughts are free. So really, uh, I'll talk to people and I'll be like, are you stressed out? And a good amount of women will say to me, no, I'm not that stressed, you know, very aware of their stress, which is cool, right? It's becoming more of an awareness. And at the same time, kind of looking at their lab work and I'm like, well, you look according to the numbers, I'm not thinking this in my head, right? There seems to be a bit of stress. And when I dig a little deeper, Evan, then I'll, I'll start to get patterns in the like, okay, do you worry about things? Do you ruminate on things? And like, oh yeah, I worry about everything. Like I'm afraid of my kid to even step outdoors. You know, I'm worried that, you know, just worry, worry, worry. And so started to notice there might be a different name for stress. Um, could be, could be worry, but, uh, all of these thoughts, right? These just constant thoughts that are just sending the signal, you know, it's sending a signal to, for women, right? Where we've got the HPA axis and overall, we're just starting to send this signal of it's not a safe time to ovulate. Like it's not a safe time to have healthy hormones because uh, we're not making a baby in this because 
evolutionarily, there was more of, you know, times of famine was when we were sending this signal. And now the famine or the tiger, right, being chased by the tiger is more of these chronic constant worry. Like um, it could just be traffic. It could be boss. It could be money problems. It could be just beliefs. I'm not good enough or no one loves me or I don't look good. And as we are looking in the mirror every day and beating ourselves up, right, these thoughts are not free. So we just ask that we start to really we ask the women we work with just to start to really um, looking at all these thoughts. So one, where are they coming from? What are the patterns? And then knowing that really most of these thoughts are not not our thoughts. Like these are, if you ask people around the world, you, everybody's raising their hand like they, they have these thoughts. So these thoughts are coming and going and just teaching people tools to shift away, you know, shift these thoughts and being aware that they do have an impact. And then we ask them, okay, well, let's not get into like perfectionism around it. Let's not beat ourselves up now for having thoughts, right? That's the exact uh, tool. That's what we're trying to work against. And just knowing that um, everything that we say to ourselves, we ask people like, if you would not say that to a friend or to your child, like, would you tell your friend, hey, you're starting to look really fat today? right? Hey, what's going on with your skin? Like, no, you would, you would never say that. And at the same time, we say those things to ourselves all the time. Like what's wrong with you? Why aren't you get better? Um, you're doing everything. Like, why isn't this working? Like, why, why are, why don't you stick to anything? Why can't you keep with your habits? And we just start asking people to speak to themselves the way they would speak to a good friend. And that small shift, you can start to notice um, a shift in your energy and a shift in your mood. And then all of a sudden with this emotional shift, then people are like, okay, I'm ready to do the next thing, the next the next physical step, right? That might be like physically drinking more water or moving more. It's just a big circle that we see Evan kind of addressing the thoughts, opens them up to the next layer of the physical and the next layer of the physical opens them up to addressing the next layer of their thoughts and beliefs. This is such a cool addition to the functional space and I mean, really any space, right? But it's something that is missing. And it is an idea that admittedly, I heavily rejected when I first heard it. I was, again, all in my left brain, all about biochemistry, all about the data, which is important stuff. And I do find that actually people go to extreme on both ends, right? There are some people that only think that, oh, I can just believe my way into health. And then there's others that think, okay, it's all about the data. And if you figure that out, you can basically do whatever you want and that's going to be fine. I, I have recognized and accepted it is a mix of both. I've seen it in my own life. I've caught myself doing certain things with you know, you can almost call it like a self-sabotage to like validate this crazy belief I had about this thing because I'm actually hiding that thing. I mean, it gets really, really deep. And so my next question then is when you're working with these individuals, how do you even begin to get someone to accept this? Because I don't think I'm special. I think I got super lucky to be around some amazing individuals that forced me more or less at one time in my life into personal development. And after like five or six years of that, I finally started being willing to have, 
you know, some of these ideas go through my head and actually consider them to be valid. So if you're coaching someone on this, how do you take them? How do you take someone like me that's coming in completely rejecting that idea and get them to realize, uh, no, you do have that going on? Because my friends, I speak from experience. If you're someone in here right now kind of rejecting this, you're probably the person that needs it most. <laughs> Again, firsthand experience. So where does this even start, Megan? We ask people to look at their physical surroundings, right? The, the 3D world, the environment, you know, what's actually going on in your body, in your life. And if it's not lined up with where you want to be, if it's not lined up with what you say your goal is, then I are, my belief is there's some mismatch there with your, what your belief system is and what your goals are. So to get somebody there often, we will just start questioning each belief that they share with me, right? So if they're just like, that really is not, you know, that's not true. It's just a physical thing. Or most people will say, that's not true. If I was dieting harder or if I was, if I lose 20 pounds, then I will do have X, right? So they'll, if, if I were to do something, then I would have X, something else. And we try to get them to like, what is the thing underneath all the things they're trying to get to? So if you're wanting to eat more cleanly so that you can lose 20 pounds, what are you hoping to feel when you get to the 20 pounds? Um, often it's like acceptance, happiness, joy, um, comfort, peace, a bit different for everyone. And then we start to have them recognize that one, you can actually be in that emotion right now before you have the thing. You don't need the thing to get to that place. So often we're thinking when I have something else, like when I buy that fancy car, I will be happy, right? Or when I have better health, I will do this. And so we're asking them to flip it around so that they can see they can already have the thing. And usually the thing that works the most to help crack this open for people is most of the time, Evan, they've done the thing that they think they need to do more of already. So I'll say, well, has there been a time in your life where you have dieted harder or has there been a time in your life when you were 20 pounds lighter and how did you feel then? And often the answer is like, well, yeah, you're right. I, I wasn't happy then either. So, okay, maybe it actually had nothing to do with that. Like maybe this is just a core level of being that we need to work on how, how can you have happiness and acceptance and love and, and peace right now before you get the result that you're looking for. So once that's kind of challenged, I think if you just start to pull out the beliefs, like I, as I'm working with them, I literally just write down everything they say. And then we start to question them. I'm a really big fan of, um, Byron Katie's the work, her four questions. Are you, are you aware of that, Evan? I have never heard of that once. So no. Okay. Well, I just, um, she's a huge mentor of mine. I actually just had her on my podcast, which was very exciting. She's a 78 year old woman and she's just amazing. So she has, um, something called the work. It's four questions and a turnaround. You can just check it out on thework.com. but it's just a way of questioning every thought. She says, we only suffer when we believe our thoughts and that the way out of suffering is to, um, question every single thought that goes through your brain. And after a while you start to recognize that, um, if, you know, they're not necessarily true. So you might think that I will be happy when I lose 10 pounds. And then uh, when you, she does a process of turnaround. So the turnaround is, um, I will be, I will not be happy when I lose 10 pounds. And then a lot of times people will say, well, yeah, that is true as well, because I've lost 10 pounds. I still wasn't happy or whatever it is, whatever their health goal, 
that they're they're looking for. Just we start to dig like what's underneath of where we're hoping to go when this is resolved and why can we not have this now? I would just reiterate that this really is just such a cool thing that you're offering to people. I mean, it's amazing because I, I'm thinking back as you're saying, it's like, I did this to myself, but it took me years to realize it. So one of my things, I know you obviously wouldn't know this, Megan, but a lot of the listeners do at this point, I dealt with severe cystic acne. And my whole thing was, okay, well, I can date when I have you know, clear skin or I can be happy or I can feel confident. Well, I started getting into this health stuff and I cleared my skin about 70%. Now I'm getting somewhere with this and I don't mean this in a bad way, but the truth of the matter was, I mean, really just being objective, even 70% better was worse than most people. I mean, it still was bad, but what I'm getting at is I started walking around with more confidence. I had more happiness. I felt good. I started becoming a more attractive person on like an energetic kind of level, but my skin was still worse than most people's, you know, like it stood out. But what had changed is I felt good about it because I was making that progress or whatever. And I had a really profound moment, um, very similar to the one that you're describing with like the weight stuff, because I just realized, wow, this might not be easy. I mean, certainly it's challenging. If it wasn't, you know, hard, everyone would just do that. But I can choose to change my mindset, regardless of what's happening to my skin or not happening to my skin. And there's people out there that have mastered that. I'm a huge uh, freak for like motivational speakers. I mean, Nick Wojcik, the guy's got no arms, no legs, happy as can be, beautiful wife. I mean, give me a break. There is a way to do this stuff. And it's and it's fundamental. I'm glad that you have this um, in your programs. This podcast is flying by, by the way. So I want to get to a client success story. I think those are always fun to share. And we'll kind of finish up with that. And then, of course, talk about where people can find you, your biz, and the podcast. What is a good story that maybe comes to your head? I always like to focus in on what the person's specialty is, which for you sounds like a lot of this stuff around the mind-body connection. So do you have a story of someone that maybe came in and they just had like no awareness of that whatsoever and you kind of showed them the light and that helped them get a lot better? Yeah, I'd say I mostly work in the hormone health space and then the the questioning their beliefs and thoughts is a big aspect of that. And so um, one of the women that I worked with also had um, cystic acne and uh, weight that she really wanted to shift. And she had made a lot of just kind of lifestyle changes and improvements and saw things get better and got to a certain level. And then, you know, we did the full lab work thing and really kind of optimized some you know, her health from that, from that perspective. And then the same similar thing happened where she would start to have things go really well. And then there would just be this shift. Something would happen in that, um, not something would necessarily go wrong or whatever, but all of a sudden she just found herself not doing these habits and kind of backsliding. And she had no really, no real explanation for it. Until one day we were really digging into her story and her beliefs. And she started to realize that um, because she had been so picked on as a child for um, her weight, and it had been a really big point for her mom to kind of like was always trying to fix her and was always trying to like get her on another diet, like from really, really young, like seven and eight. And she realized that she had this core belief mismatch that if she were to actually um, release weight at the age she is now, that that would be 
proving her mom right to say, or that like that her mom would win. So in her mind, it was between um, if I lose weight, therefore my mom was right that that was needed and she wins because that was what she wanted. And between her kind of being in, an independent individual and just saying, no, I'm fine exactly as I am. And I believe she was fine in either direction. It was just that she needed to own it. And then she realized, oh, wow, I'm actually only, this is only hurting me. My mom doesn't care, <laughs> not in a horrible way, but right, like this does not impact her. This is all a decision that I've made around what it will mean if um, I get the results that she wanted me to have. And this is really just um, harming me. I'm, I'm the one just like beating myself up and then, you know, essentially like kind of sabotaging in, the, in this protective manner. Because I believe that sabotage is not really sabotage, it's protection. It's protection of your beliefs. It's protection of how you believe it actually should be. So um, once she was able to understand that, have awareness of it, and then drop that belief, she just she just like took off and she'll send me pictures of like, look at me, you know, like, look at me, this, you know, four sizes smaller and my skin is super clear. And she had done she had done the physical work, meaning she had really um, just optimized her environment and her food and her health. And for her, shifting that belief took it the rest of the way. That is so cool. I mean, these are uh, tough conversations. And I think everyone needs a Megan in their life, <laughs> helping them out along the way. That would definitely be a great thing. All right. Well, we got a few minutes left in the show. So I want to make sure we shout out your stuff. Um, I have one Big question, and that's the Four Phase Cycle Podcast. You're the co-host of that. What is that show all about? Yes. So Dr. Alex and I together, the Four Phase Cycle Podcast, we are helping women understand how the phases of the female menstrual cycle play into uh, your brain health, your productivity, the choices you make, how you're feeling, um, when you can tap into this amazing like left and right brain meditative state in the very first, the first week of your period. And we believe that the cycle can actually be a superpower. It has been talked down so much, right? As this, oh, this horrible thing that comes every month and how do I stop it? And how do I make it go away? And just overall not wanting it to be a part of our lives. And if we can actually understand that there is a flow, I guess pun intended, but there is a flow to this and there's a reason for the ups and downs and knowing like what your hormones are doing when, what your brain is doing in relationship to how your hormones and neurotransmitters are changing, then you can just harness this energy in such an amazing way. When we do slow down at the time of the cycle that our cycle is saying, please slow down. It is amazing. I've been the kind of, you know, Dr. Alex will um, just slow down during a certain phase. And in the most productive of the phase, it's like all of a sudden, it's like a whole book can come through to her in a couple of days because she's following what her body naturally wants instead of just saying, I'm going to follow a 24 hour circadian rhythm male cycle, you know, just like the lights are on in the, in the corporate building. And then you go home and and you're not tapped in at all to nature. And once we get more tapped into this nature, we find women just really actually enjoying um, what the different phases bring and looking forward to it. That is so cool. All right. That's, I thought it was going to have to do something with like kind of the cycle or whatever, but that's very interesting. I know uh, my girlfriend, she always listens and she'll love that. She's very passionate about 
kind of optimizing the cycle because she lost hers after like 10 years of being on birth control. We thankfully mm-hmm. got it back. And she's just adamant about like sharing that experience with women so that they understand and learning more about it. So in terms of your biz, where can people find you? What's the website? And we already know obviously who your ideal client is, which is great, but I want to know everywhere they can find you outside of the podcast. Best place to find us is um, Instagram is our main interactive space. So at Zesty underscore Ginger. And then we do have our website, ZestyGinger.com. And you'll also find on our Instagram, we have a number you can text us at if you would like to actually get updates of when we'll be live on Instagram or when something new goes out. I'd say those are the best places to find us. We always love to hear feedback from the podcast. So you can email us support at zestyginger.com. And we really love to just inter- interact with the community. So feel free to reach out. My final question for you, Megan, is our signature one on this show. And it is a simple one, but I also always have to put the disclaimer on for practitioners because we always recognize bio-individuality. So this is just, you know, with that not in consideration and maybe just going more general if need be, my question for you is if Megan had a magic wand and you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health or alternatively stop doing one thing for their health, what is that one thing you'd get them to do or stop doing? Oh, wow. One thing, Evan? I know. That's why I put my disclaimer on. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to go in the category of the podcast and say I would get them to stop um, berating themselves, beating them up, and creating an identity around their illness as my, you know, my depression, um, my PCOS. We like to, my anxiety, we ask our women to shift their wording to, I am a human who is currently experiencing depressive or negative or anxious thoughts versus owning that disease. I really hope people pick up the importance of that final tip there because that matters a lot and it's something that I've had to work on. You when your identity becomes attached to being sick, and this can happen from being sick for a long while. For me, it happened more because I was sick from such a young age that yes, there is this, it's hard to describe, but it's a mindset thing. And I do think that if we believe that we have certain conditions and that they are just a part of us, I think that has an effect on the clinical outcomes. I'm not going to get too much deeper, but that's my personal belief on it. And I think that was great advice from Megan. So I hope the listeners take that to heart. Maybe that doesn't apply to you. Maybe it does. But if it does and you're like me, definitely something to work on mindset wise. I just want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the FDN Thrive podcast. As always, I'm your host, Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev. And we've been talking to Megan Blacksmith of the Four Phase Cycle podcast and many other things. But please please go check them out over there at their podcast. And if you would be so kind, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review on the FDN Thrive podcast. I say this every time. I'm sorry, but just in case it's someone new listening, I got to say it. 
Guys, this information needs to be out there to more people. The simplest way to do that is to bring more awareness to these types of things. A five-star review goes a long way. I just, it, it bothers me how many people out there are like myself and virtually everyone who's been on this podcast who just didn't even have an option for different information when they were in the midst of their health struggles, right? It's one thing to have both options and choose one way or the other. That's totally cool with me. But what's not cool is for people to be suffering and not even know alternative options exist. So a simple five-star review goes a long way. Either way, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev, and we've been talking to Megan Blacksmith. See you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in to the FDN Thrive Podcast. If you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues, our team can help. Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. Go to fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to stop playing guessing games with your health. That's fdnthrive.com.